0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. We have a great show for you in store. We have a crossover show uh, with our guest from Locked On Steelers, and we also have Seth Kaiser with us today. Uh, welcome back, Seth. I hope you're feeling a little bit better.
1: Hey, thanks for thanks for welcoming me back and wishing me well. I'm I'm alive. Uh, you know, pneumonia's pneumonia's the worst. I'm What's like, it like inside
2: that iron lung?
1: Yeah, I wish I wish I had an iron lung to sit in. I like I don't know. I'm doing a lot better than I was. The antibiotics have kicked in, and, and I'm doing way better. But like, I mean, it was it wasn't until Sunday afternoon. Like, I started getting sick Thursday night, and fortunately, my wife made me go into the doctor on Saturday. Um, otherwise, you know, I would have just kept getting worse and worse, but anyway, I'm, I'm feeling better. Um, watching the chiefs, uh, run up and down the field on the chargers definitely helped.
0: Yeah. They kind of decimated the chargers before we get too far into this. I do want to thank everybody that's been giving this iTunes reviews. We are now three short of 300. Uh, so thank you very much for those. Guys, where do you want to go? There's a lot to talk about in this Chiefs game uh, that they played against the Chargers, and uh, as Seth said, I believe before we started recording, uh, really undressed their defense.
1: <laughs> I would love to talk about Andy Reid pantsing the Chargers defensive coordinators <laughs> multiple
2: times. What is this? Revenge of the Nerds?
1: It. I mean, it, the way I phrased it, um, in I, I wrote an article on the athletic about this, that I mean, had, had that game been an N one mixtape tour, Andy Reed would have ripped his shirt off and thrown it into a screaming crowd because he was dunking all over those guys. <laughs> it was so bad that, I mean, he, so the biggest, I mean, there were a bunch of plays where it was just, it was hysterical, but those touchdown, um, what do you ever you want to call them, touch passes, shovels. Um, you know, they're basically a, jet, a modified jet sweep action to first De'Anthony Thomas and then Tyreek Hill. How hard did you guys laugh
0: at those plays?
2: Well, I laughed, to figure out. I, I laughed a lot at the
0: second one, mainly because after the first one, you'd think that they would at least figure it out. And they kind of did to some extent because on the first one, Kelsey had nobody to block. Right. And at least on the second one, he did have somebody he had to block.
1: Well, I their coverage was a little bit different. Ingram bit even harder on the second one than he bit on the first one. It was so bad. But yeah, at least Kelsey had someone to block right at the line of scrimmage. And he laid a great block there too. Um Conley and him did a great job there. Um but you guys wanna something even funnier? The they did that a very I mean it was it was with different um alignment. But they did the same thing the very first play of the third quarter. I mean, so the touchdown, the first touchdown to DeAnthony Thomas wasn't even the first time they did it. The first play of the third quarter was like a 21-yard gain to Hill. They did the same thing. And it was just (laughs) – and I was just like, I mean, just the disrespect, man, to do it for a third time in the fourth quarter on third down. And that, That's an old that, monster, right?
2: Do it till they stop it, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, crud. I feel like they could have run that six or seven more times.
0: Because you know, they, honestly, yeah. I, I like the play call. I like the design. I like what Reed is able to do with this offense. Uh, and I like the other wrinkles that he's able to uh, throw in there with the triple option play with Mahomes. And um, Mahomes with his keepers, I don't like near as much because I don't think he seems to know when to get down. Uh, but I do think it's going to be something that's going to be fun to watch this year. And all the variations that they can run off that jet sweep motion with oh, that little man. toss.
1: It's, I, there's so much there. There's so many wrinkles that they can add into it. And it's, it opens up the run game. There's just so much there. And I just – the Andy Reid's ability as an offensive coach – Every year I talk about it and talk about it ad nauseum. And then every year in week one, you see some things. And here's the fun part, though, is we remember this from last year that it's not like it was just against the Patriots that we saw a bunch of new stuff. Like, that continued for several weeks. Actually, for almost the whole first half of the season up until, you know, they ran into the Steelers and out of ideas. Um, And so... It, it's just, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is in there.
0: Well, um, and I honestly think that they're going to have a lot more fun things to show off against the Steelers this year.
1: It we'll have to see, you know, with the Steelers the the trickery. They're a well coached defense, and they're very disciplined, and they they always seem to be a step ahead on those little Andy Reid cutesy plays. And they could just, I mean, so I, I we'll see. I'm so glad. They're playing the Steelers right away this year um, just because that's like th- this is this is the 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 monkey on their back for the la for the Andy Reid era. They cannot beat the Steelers.
2: Yeah, they, but, you know, things change and <laughs> this quarterback's going to be that change. I, I like I the wrinkle. So. Let me ask you guys, though. I might even put it away for a week. I, I don't think I'd run it against Pittsburgh. I have a feeling that between to it and, and the rest of their front, that they're going to have guys in the backfield a little bit more. And I'm not taking a chance of a Tyree kill. Right. Yeah. You don't want to risk him
1: getting crushed. Right. Right. As the play goes. And uh, yeah, it, there's, there, there's, there's definitely a risk there. Um, he's just so fast to the edge. <laughs> I mean, it it is so funny. I've got, like a lot of people watched the chiefs chargers. And so this really was, it's, it's hilarious because really people should have realized after last year, what Tyree Hill is capable of. Um, but yet, despite finishing seventh in receiving yards last year, it, this was like his coming out party. It really, like I, I had friends texting me. I had people like, you know, people that are fans of other teams. You just like, man, Tyree Hill can really play. It's like, Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah.
1: turns out, and then, yeah, the Mahomes stuff too. I I do think that, yeah, maybe you put away plays like that against the Steelers because they're just too disciplined to fall for some of that stuff. What I want to see is Mahomes continue to push the matter deep and intermediate like he did against the Chargers, and I want to see them start making the Steelers pay for the zone coverages that they've been using against the Chiefs for
2: years. Well, and that's the difference. Is Tyreek's had to learn that aspect, but he certainly looked like he was better at it the other day than he was last season. Right. And that's yeah, we'll, we'll have to see.
1: Um but I mean, this is this th- th- it's just such a huge game. But I mean, seriously, Andy Reed's ability to just decimate AFC West competition might be his best trait as a coach. <laughs> that's what what are they now? They're 17 and 2. Yep, since like Mm -hmm. 2015, that's hysterical. That's, I mean, that's fun. I
0: think they're 17 and two since Reed took over, aren't they?
1: No, because they play six games every year, and he took 2013. Because yeah, you know Denver was really, really good in 2013, so I think they beat the Chiefs twice. You're right. Um, Well, I was due.
0: <laughs> I just I, I just remember that they haven't been, that San Diego hasn't won since 2013. So
1: San Diego, yeah. Well, that was because L.A. Chase,
0: San Diego, same thing. Yeah.
1: Well, that was that was Chase Daniels starting, mm-hmm. if I recall. Yes, yeah. it was. I
0: mean, and then didn't they still like?
1: What didn't it almost go to overtime?
0: Yeah, they almost came back and won yeah. with their second string. Yeah.
1: No, that whole. That whole shebang is just, yeah, it, it the the chiefs continue to absolutely own the chargers. I personally have, I've had a lot of people talk about um if this and that had gone differently, because the chargers definitely let some stuff slip through their hands literally and, literally. yes, and metaphorically. <laughs> um, but at the same time, that's always kind of driven me nuts. Because basically, and I, I said this on Twitter, you know, Rivers had commented, well, you know, you don't have a lot of games where all these things go wrong. And, and you know, you're still only down 10.
2: You do if you're the Chargers. Yeah,
1: you sure do. But, I mean, here's the reality. If you want to play the what-if game, you've got to also be, well, well, what if Parker intercepts that last pass that he almost picked off? And then the Chargers just completely lose that last drive. You know, what yeah. if – what I mean, there's all kinds of what ifs there. What
0: if Sammy Watkins catches that cross?
1: You know, I'm I'm looking forward to looking at the All-22 view of that because their safety looks like he was taking a similarly poor angle to what he took on Tyreek Hill's big gain. Now, Watkins obviously doesn't have Hill's speed, but he is very fast.
0: No, well, he didn't have to have hill speed to beat that that secondary if they're all in front they're all in front of him well, or all behind him I guess. Right.
1: But I mean that's a, I it looked to me like the safety was taking a similar angle right at Watkins to where he might have had some room to break free for a huge gain there. And so, yeah, what if Watkins doesn't drop that? What if, you know, what if Derwin James doesn't manage to make a miraculous play on the ball? You know, what if there's all kinds of if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. And if you only do it for one side, you're basically saying, well, you know, if, if, if we didn't have our miscues, but they still had their miscues, we probably would have won. It's like, well, that's that's true. What it's what if D'Anthony Thomas
0: attacked the ball as opposed to letting the ball try to get to him in the end zone?
1: Right. Well, know, right? And that's true of every game in the history of time. Yep. yep.
2: What if Orlando Skander could cover somebody?
0: Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into that, we better take a quick break. <laughs> you know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust us, guys. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy, easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today.
2: We'd only recommend a service that's been good to us, and that's why we're urging you to take a look at MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have live in-game betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Join now. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code
0: Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: Now, before we get back onto the defense and its problems, uh, we got to get to our crossover right now about the Steelers. Well, it's Wednesday on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. We have a great crossover with the Chiefs getting ready to play the Steelers this weekend. Tony Serena's with us, the host of Locked On Steelers. How are you, Tony? Doing very good. How are you? You know, I'm, uh, I'm fighting to keep up. There's a lot going on and honestly have more to talk about this week than I thought we were going to.
3: Yeah, well, you know, the Steelers coming off of a devastating tie. How about that in week one? Didn't, not a lot of people saw that coming. Uh, the Browns, of course, had a great offseason, but uh, not not the way the Steelers were hoping for week one to play out for sure.
2: I can imagine. And, you know, the, the Chiefs actually outperformed expectations even on our end. Uh, we had not expected that kind of explosion. But, um, you know, I'd like to start with the Steelers because I got to figure they're pissed off and this is going
3: to be uh, a team that's out here to get even. Hey, how about this? Think about this. Going into this week, right, isn't it so interesting? These two teams have played, you know, every year for the last three or four years. Yeah, this is a team, the Steelers team going to go into this game against Kansas City coming off of a, you know, this was a devastating tie, right? Uh, They they turned the ball over five, (laughs) six times in this football game. Early on in the year, it feels like it's a must win for this Steelers team. It's the same kind of story we saw last year. The Steelers had that devastating loss to Jacksonville, right? They turned the ball over five times. They're going up against a Kansas City team a year ago that was undefeated. They looked great. Uh, You know, to me, it's so strange how this has the same feeling. I know it's only week two. We can't say, you know, there's a must win at this point in the year. But, boy, after that showing against Cleveland, it it feels like like a, a must win in some ways. And it feels very reminiscent to the game these two teams played just a year ago.
2: Well, and, and I got to start on the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers with the Chiefs defense hurting, you know, it, it's troublesome in the secondary. They're, they're definitely at a disadvantage, young, uh, and guys that are just kind of not quite fitting together yet. But it looks like the Steelers are having a little bit of trouble getting Ben on track, and is that because of the O-line, or is there something else going on?
3: You know, it, it's uh, – uh, well, it's a lot of different things, right? I mean, Ben has started slow uh, for the past two years now, right? If we're, I mean – you know, if you go to to Sunday's game plus the beginning of last season, it's just been a slow start for him over the past, you know, two years now. Last year, it took him really until maybe maybe that Kansas City game. Or I don't know if he had a great game in that one. But, you know, it really took him until midseason to get him going. And, you know, last year, there was the Le'Veon situation of him coming back after holding out all of training camp and trying to work him back in the offense, trying to get Martavis back in. this year, you know, we don't have those same kind of excuses, right? I mean, this is this was a very strange game because – James Conner got going early on, and you felt like, well, that you know that's going to ease some of the pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger off of the passing game. And yet, you know, this was a team that went out there was very sloppy offensively. It felt like Ben and the wide receivers weren't on the same page. Uh, you know, Ben playing on the road has been a problem for this team for years now. It, that reared its ugly head again. Uh, there's a lot of hope that this team going home now, playing a game in Pittsburgh, that you know they can they can turn it around offensively. They have too much talent to have a game like that. Uh, against the Cleveland Browns.
2: Well, the other thing they have too much for is distractions, right? I I was very happy for Connor. He's a guy that I liked coming out of college. Hate to see him in in gold and black, to tell you the truth. But um, it's one of those deals, like, you're happy for the kid, but, man, he looks like he's able to, obviously in a completely different style, but he can grind yardage out and be a force for this offense, can't he?
3: He, yeah, and we saw that during the preseason. I mean, there was a lot of hype going into the regular season. I think a lot of Steeler fans were somewhat excited to see James Conner start. I mean, he's a local kid. He has a great story. Uh, you know, so when Le'Veon was was holding on, I think there were a lot of Steeler fans and even Steeler players that were excited for James Conner to get this opportunity. He played great against the Cleveland Browns. Now, like, you know, you talk about the distractions and all that. And you know, this has been a team over the past two seasons that has not been shy to their fair share of distractions. Here we go again. With the Le'Veon situation, that seems like, you know, the Le'Veon situation seems like it's going to be a multi-week holdout. And so I think over the next couple weeks, that's going to kind of die down as this team kind of settles in and starts playing real football. Uh, I, I was very impressed with what James Conner did on Sunday. He, You know, I'm the, look, the guy fumbled, so that's the Cardinal sin as a running back. You cannot fumble. Otherwise, though, I thought he was spectacular, nearly 200 yards of total offense. The question now is going to be, can he sustain that? Was that, what he, was that a one-game wonder for James Conner? Can he sustain that? Over these, you know, ten weeks that Le'Veon looks like he'll be holding out.
2: Well, and he certainly plays into the Chiefs' defense because a straight-ahead runner like that is something that they can deal with a little bit better. The thing that I'm worried about is uh, they've always had trouble with Antonio Brown, and what's the receiver cast around him likely to do against the Chiefs?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, this this has been yeah this has been a matchup where uh, Antonio Brown has done wonders. You know, this is uh, the receiving core around Antonio Brown has gotten better, but. You know, especially with Juju, right? I mean, having a real number two option in Pittsburgh, you know, you know, has been a problem over the last couple of years. Now Juju has developed, uh, but really, it's going to be about Ben Roethlisberger getting back on the same page with his receiving core. You know, we got Justin Hunter out there as well on the outside. There's a lot of excitement about potentially working James Washington into this offense. He's a rookie out of Oklahoma State, had a great preseason, had a great training camp, but. You know, the question is going to be, does he understand the nuance of playing with Ben Roethlisberger? He came off of an abdominal injury at the end of preseason. We didn't see a lot of him against Cleveland. I know a lot of Steelers fans are hopeful that he can get going in this game, right? Because Justin Hunter did not have a great game. But there's also Vance McDonald hanging out there as a, as a tight end that can be, a, a, a I think, a significant contributor to this Steelers offense. But he's, you know, his injury history, just catching up with him again as he sat out all of training camp, all of preseason. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, look, this is going to be Antonio Brown and Juju for a little while until they get James Washington back into this offense and until Vance McDonald can back in, get, can get back in. Uh, this is really going to be the A, B, and Juju show. Well, on the other side of the
2: ball, you know, I, I don't think the Chiefs' offensive line is going to be quite uh, <laughs> as kind to T.J. Watt, but he's definitely showed himself to be a force week one, didn't he?
3: He did. He did. And, you know, for, for a Steeler team that has struggled so much to get pressure off the edge, you know, the Steelers led the league in, in sacks a year ago, but that was largely because of the amount of pressure that they brought from different areas, getting eight sacks from their inside linebacker, four sacks from their nickel corner, uh, you know, 12 and a half from a 3-4 from a defensive end, finally getting an edge rusher who had consistent pressure. And I thought Bud Dupree was very good against the Cleveland Browns as well. Uh, he had eight pressures as well. So, you know, this, this is a team that has needed to get pressure in this way. Now, look, they were going up, up up against a Cleveland offensive line that, you know, that, that was a little bit in shambles there in that game. So I'll be very interested to see how they do against this Kansas City offensive line. Can they get pressure on Mahomes? Can they keep Mahomes in the pocket? Uh, this is going to be a real interesting test for this defense and and a really interesting test for the secondary as well as, as Mahomes, this, this strong arm quarterback who can really stretch this team vertically.
2: Uh, all I want to know from you is that front, if the Chiefs, if Kareem Hunt was kind of an afterthought in this particular game, and I think they have to look to get him going. And I look at the lineup, and I'm I'm not 100% sure where they need to actually aim at. If you're scouting for me, where should these Chiefs look to attack the Steelers' front?
3: I think, to, you know, the on the edges has been a problem for this team. Now, you know, again, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupley, uh, played much better against Cleveland. But, you know, that, that has been a problem for this team. The athleticism of the linebacking corps, specifically on the inside, uh, you know, their, their ability to keep the edge has been a problem for this team. I would, I would definitely be attacking the edges of this team. There's a lot of questions about uh, John Bostick coming into this season and his athleticism, his ability to fill space. Uh, he looked very good against Cleveland. But, again, you know, how much can you read into a Steelers defense going up against the Cleveland Browns? That's why I think this, this Kansas City game is so intriguing for a Steeler defense that, look, it had a great game against Cleveland, uh, you know, but the, the Cleveland Browns are not the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to bring a lot more to the table, both through the air and on the ground. So if I'm, if I'm Kansas City and Kareem Hunt, I want to attack the edges. I want to I test the athleticism of the linebacking core on the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Well, I think that's definitely going to be their game plan. You know, they're going to look to continue to add wrinkles to attack levels in particular against this defense. And it looks like, you know, to start it off, the Steelers' safeties played fairly well. I think they they both graded out well uh, on PFF. And I I don't remember any major plays that I look like they were out of place. But Sean Davis still gives me questions about if he's not the guy that, especially with the speedier threats, that they want to go attack.
3: Yeah, that, I think this is going to be the most interesting thing watching this game for me on the Steelers' defense is getting Sean Davis and uh, watching him tested vertically as that deep safety in this game. Uh, you know, Sean Davis has a lot of athleticism, but he's played strong safety for his entire career. Uh, that game against Cleveland, his first as a strong safety. He did very well. I thought he was very natural there. He's been a player throughout his career. He's been very hesitant at the strong safety position. Uh, you, know, you didn't see that hesitancy at free safety. It looked a little more natural. But, you know, Mahomes, a big arm quarterback who's going to test him vertically. I- I- I'm going to be very interested to see what Sean Davis does. Then you have Terrell Edmonds, the rookie uh, out of Virginia Tech. He's going to be playing strong in this game. Travis Kelsey, one of these big-name tight ends. The Steelers have done a good job uh, in the past of-, of shutting down Kelsey or keeping him under wraps. I'll be interested to see how they defend Kelsey in this one, if they, if they trust someone like Edmonds to match up there, if they bring in Br- Morgan Burnett, who they got from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they match up with Kelsey as well.
2: Yeah, and that's honestly the matchup that I'm looking forward to blossom because, like you said, you either have uh, Burnett that can play well, but I think Kelsey's had his way with him before, uh, versus the rookie. And, you know, is that for you? Probably the matchup that you're worried most about, or is there something else I'm missing?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the the matchup I'm most worried about is – this Steelers defense just going up against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. You know, so one of the things that the Steelers have done so well in this matchup traditionally is because Alex Smith was not a vertical threat or hadn't been a vertical threat that they were able to, uh, to sit on underneath routes and, and, and you know, really cause the, the Chiefs a lot of troubles. With Mahomes now you know, being able to stretch this team vertically, I am worried. I am definitely worried about this team, their ability to communicate. Um, Kelsey certainly going to be a matchup problem. They they drafted Terrell Edmonds for situations like this. Now look, it's just week two. It's it's Edmonds' second game as a pro. Do you trust him to to cover Travis Kelsey this early in his career? I have to imagine they're going to put Morgan Burnett in early in this game and and, and play some uh, play some Burnett against uh, Kelsey. Uh, But it's going to be an interesting matchup watching Mahomes trying to stretch this Steeler defense, a a defense that, again, has been so susceptible to big plays, to miscommunications in the secondary. And don't forget Joe Hayden out with a hamstring injury. He's likely to miss this game, it sounds like. So you're going to have a second-year corner Cam Sutton starting this game on the outside. That'll be another test as well. Uh, with those Chiefs receivers,
2: I didn't realize he was going to be out. That that gives me my last question: If they need to target somebody, uh, especially because Sammy Watkins has been a little slow to get on the
3: upstart, if they want to get him rolling, do they go after Sutton or Artie Birds? Ooh, good question. You know, Cam Sutton's been so sneaky good for the team. I think you'd probably go after Cam Sutton. He was, you know, he was uh, he didn't get his head around quickly enough on a, on a deep pass to Higgins. Gordon brought brought a touchdown down um, over him. Although well, I thought Sutton did a good job of, of getting his hand in there and, and trying to, you know, Gordon just did an amazing job bringing the catch down. You're probably going to go after Sutton. I, I think Artie's probably more susceptible as far as the kind of miscommunications or blown assignments that we've seen in the past. I think Sutton has been more stable, but we haven't seen as much of him. I, I think you're going to probably want to test Sutton because he's less proven, but to be honest with you, I, I like Sutton a lot. I think he's, he's got a, a bright future in this league and I, you know, already burns. There's still just a lot of question marks for me. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs attack that. Well, he's Tony Serino. Make
2: sure you check out the Locked On Steelers podcast so you can little learn a little bit more about the enemy, as we like to say. Tony, thanks for being with me. Hey, thank you. Folks, check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Make sure you're listening to Matt Williamson because he's got that lineup with Sando and all the experts and Sage Roosevelt. Don't miss any of that. I'm sure this game's going to come up on his radar as well. He's kind of like a Pittsburgh guy. So we'll take another quick break. We'll come back and finish our discussion with Seth and Chris. All right, Ryan. Go ahead. You brought it not, up. Not, r- not really. I, I had to put it out there because I thought honestly he had a he had some bad plays, clearly. Uh particularly against was that Allen that got away from him there just yeah, completely. Yep. But you know, I thought I thought he came up and played some of the stuff in front of him well. You know, I thought he was obviously not able to track and mirror with some of the better athletes, mm-hmm. but I still think he was in position. He I thought he caught onto the defense fairly quickly for being a guy that's so new. Yep. And so I kind of feel like right now, well, it's probably not going to be true this week uh, against AB and, and uh, Juju. Smith-Schuster, but right. I think overall, I think he's going to be okay. But how desperate are you guys to get somebody else in there?
1: I wouldn't call myself desperate, but it would be nice. I think Nelson did a pretty good job, and I think Fuller did a pretty good job. And I also think that I'm about to hack up a lung, so hang on for one
2: second. Well, let me fill in your thoughts, because I thought that uh, I thought that Fuller – Got picked on a little bit, and I was surprised by that. I would not have made that my game plan, but well, but Philip Rivers has never
0: Philip Rivers has never shied away from the Chiefs' best player. That's why uh, that's why Marcus Peters took advantage of him so many times.
2: Well, that is true. Well, and and to
1: be fair, you know, it's important to remember, you know, Keenan Allen, he victimized Peters repeatedly when they played. He's a tough cover. And, I mean, he even – he got Fuller a couple times, and that's just – Well, and
0: Fuller stumbled on one of them too. So, I mean, it's not – you're not going to have perfect coverage on every play. Yep.
1: and overall, I mean, I thought Fuller acquitted himself well, and I thought Nelson acquitted himself well, even though both of them gave up catches. They didn't give up a ton of them.
0: Um, hey, let me ask. Well, let me ask you this, and maybe either of you know this, maybe you don't. Can Kindle catch full? Can Kindle catch better than his brother, Kyle?
2: <laughs> Let's hope so.
1: As far as Scandrick goes in the secondary, I do think they'd be better off bringing in Breland, and and going with a rotation of of Fuller, Nelson, and and Breland. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know. I mean, Breland was talking on Twitter about how fans in the front office feel different. And so he's apparently ready to play hardball, which, I mean, more power to him, I guess. like It's interesting to me because he's in a situation at this point where every week that he doesn't play, he's losing money. Yep. And so how, He's not going to get that money back. And so how much more of a contract do you think you can get? I I don't know. It's just an interesting, and th- unless there's some health concern, I don't get what the deal is with that. Unless his demands well, are genuinely
0: unreasonable, because he
1: visited a lot yeah, of teams.
0: The other yeah. side of Breland, the other side of that problem is he's not in a situation like what Levi Bell is, where Bell's made money and he knows he'll get a big contract next year. I'm not so sure Brashad Breland can get that type of contract without playing this year, and so, playing well. I agree. And the longer well, agree, he stays okay. out. The longer he stays out, the worse he's going to play for the first couple of weeks, and it's going to be harder for him to get a better contract.
1: Yeah. I, I don't feel like his agent is giving him great advice. That said, we don't know what kind of offers he's getting. However, True. however, at a certain point, you got to pick the best of the bad offers and get on the field this year,
2: for sure. Yep. Um, I agree with you, and i got to say, too, that I, I think there's more to it than just the money because, like you said... Somebody would have probably signed him. This is now the time, uh, today actually, that, that people start looking to sign veterans so they don't have to pay guaranteed salaries. And I'm still not hearing anything about him. Yeah, that's you know overly excited. So I still think there is something lingering somewhere or some doubt in in executives' minds about whether he really can play this season or not. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You have to hope that
0: you have to hope that he can, uh, and you know, especially with him being in a situation like Kansas City. If he could come in here and learn for two weeks, learn the defense, and maybe not necessarily play, unless you have to have four corners on the field, which isn't going to happen very often. Uh, but if he could come in here and do that, and then go back and play the Chargers, and the Chiefs' passing defense looks completely different, I think that sets his value a lot better. I just – yeah, at this point, I don't see what he's going to gain by sitting out. And even at a league minimum type of contract this year, you're better off getting in there and playing if you if you want a contract next year.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be – And, you know, there's one other topic I want to ask you guys because I, I know we got to wrap. Uh, we'll have more after we've seen the All-22 folks. But um, the one thing that I, I – all that aside, I'm a little bit more worried about coverage at, at the second level yeah. because – I was not particularly impressed with coverage. The run was fine. I thought both of them played well, but Hitchens came around later, but it still wasn't in coverage. I'm worried about him and Raglan right now. Yeah,
1: Hitchens and Raglan did not look good in coverage on running backs out of the backfield, and they're going to need to be able to do that. Um, This is is 2018 in the NFL, which means you've got to be able to cover man-to-man, guys out of the backfield and both Hitchens and Ragland gave up a ton of yards to the, I mean, I don't know how much it was, but it was
0: well over a hundred yards between the two of them. Well, and they, and they went to Terrence Smith later in the game. I, you know, honestly, I still don't know that Ragland's a hundred percent or anywhere close it. to a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: I, it was interesting that, that Terrence Smith played as much as he did. I I personally would rather they s they, they play Neiman than Terrence Smith. That blew my mind. Well
2: and Neiman's. Well, I think so. Chris is on to something though. I, I think that was specifically because Reggie was not fully accelerating and I think it was more the coverage thing because they'd been burned so many times. When you look at the stats, 189 yards receiving for the two running backs. And that's and, that's, and some that's of that's
0: crazy. skewed though. I don't care. Some of that is skewed and well, okay. How much of that is in the third and fourth quarter? 120 and yards I of it? I don't
1: care. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, you can remember. The they
0: drove down couple, the field basically throwing it to the running backs on two separate drives. But you can also you can also recall the uh,
1: on, on the first few drives the amount that they were able to get just through, you know, blown coverage. Not necessarily blown coverages, but just getting outrun down the middle of the field. And so, I mean, it, it, was, it was an obvious problem well before the, the final two quarters, whether or not we want to talk about it in terms of statistical or in terms of what we saw. I mean, it was definitely a problem, a huge problem. Well,
2: I can tell you this, the halftime stats, both Eckler and uh, Gordon each had three receptions for a total of 88 yards. So yeah, and Chris is right. It's it's about fifty percent, but that's that's significant, especially Eckler going for like seventeen uh, yards on average.
1: Right. Well, and and you got to. I mean, the third quarter isn't garbage time. I mean, right. I, I can I can maybe buy into the fourth quarter, of like those last two drives, but beyond that, I just that was just a situation of Hitchens and Ragland. Mostly Hitchens, though. And this is the thing that concerns me. Now, I'm willing to give Hitchens a pass because you got to remember, he played his first action two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, he clearly wasn't himself in coverage. I didn't see him out of position in zone coverage the way that he was against the Bears. And so, like, that to me, it's like, okay. We're, we're a step closer. So I'm willing to give it another couple weeks because he's still getting back into the swing of things. Okay. I can buy that. But, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on because people are talking about the secondary this and the secondary that. And I get that. And there's some merit to it. But a lot of that was the linebackers. And for as much crap as Derek Johnson got for his run defense last year, and deservedly so, he was still pretty good in coverage. And so that's, you know, that's going to be something to keep an eye on because in, in 2018's NFL, especially once you get to the playoffs, you'll get eaten alive by running backs if you're not careful. Now, I think the return of Barry will help with that somewhat, but he's not going to be assigned running backs in coverage. I mean, they no. specifically went out and got Hitchens, and that's why, this is, that's why this is worth keeping an eye on. They specifically went out and got Hitchens to fulfill that role, like to be the three-down guy. And so if he struggles with that, that's a problem because they paid well, and, him like a
2: three-down guy. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing that surprised me. Um, and, again, I'm sorry to elongate this, but this is – we'll talk more tomorrow. But at one point it was – Derek Nottie was the only rookie that gotten on the field, right? And, and he and Speaks actually ended up both playing um, quite a bit, about almost a quarter of the snaps, 18 and 19 respectively. But Dorio Daniel is the guy that could come in and play that nickel linebacker. They didn't go to him at all.
1: Yeah. That that that's driving me crazy. I would absolutely love to see Dorian O'Daniel get some shots. I would rather he be out there than Terrence Smith.
2: Um, I agree completely.
1: Um and I I again, Neiman's hurt, which is a bummer. I think they should have played Neiman rather than Terrence Smith. Uh but I don't know when Neiman got hurt to be
0: fair. So, third or fourth quarter. Yeah. He got hurt on special teams.
1: And so, I would have rather they put Neiman out there and than than Terence Smith um, and then I mean, I would rather dorian O'Daniel as well and uh, i mean let 's not even get started on Breland Speaks because i 'm just not seeing it i can 't believe that he's getting snaps over to know And like pass yeah, was about two to one too. yeah, and Passeo got in there a little bit, but I mean they 're not even close in terms of pass rushing ability it's not even close, and yeah. that that 's frustrating to me that um that, that it, it takes away from the idea that it's a meritocracy.
2: Well, that's the way the game is played quite often, to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, and and that's the that's the thing. Breland speaks played investment a ton is investment, and he did not look good. while I think he that's probably a good spot yeah, for back that we watched just to kind of take keep and, uh, an eye on he was, he was pretty quiet pass, throughout. You know. And when you watch, Houston was beating some guys. So, and he that's had, fair. He, he drew probably three or four holds. That well, one I one think call. we'll leave it there for today.
2: The we'll be back tomorrow. Over. We're going to look at the film in the meantime. So everybody hang um, with like us. We'll have some more observations for you. And then Friday, make sure you're with us. We are getting ready for the Steelers. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week next week. Chris and Seth will have you covered. I will be on a, a mini vacation, thanks to some other commitments. But we will have you covered either way. So thank you for tuning in with us today. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening in whatever streaming website you're at. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube. Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.